Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, thank you for this wonderful opportunity uh, to bring or to share with you from God's word this, this morning. Uh, hopefully, uh, I won't, um, you know, preach for more than an hour. <laughs> I know that our services in Malawi do go for sometimes up to two, two and a half hours. So um, certainly, it's a, it's a very uh, different um, experience there. But New Year is a great time of celebration, isn't it? Uh, we welcome the New Year. Uh, you know, about four weeks ago now, January first. And uh, my family and I had the, uh, the, the blessing of, um, of celebrating Chinese New Year this, this past week. Um, you know, celebrating, uh, you know, eating together with, with my, my parents and with, with Joe's mum and brother. Uh, so it's a, it's a time of, of celebration. But New Year is also a time that I'm painfully reminded of the fact that I'm getting older. <laughs> It's a painful reminder. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I, I'm, I'm beginning to be outdated and I feel like maybe I'm becoming ir- irrelevant, um, especially seeing my kids grow up. Um, they're now you know, all in high school and, and they're very, very you know, tech savvy with, with their phones. And they will show me all these hacks of how you, you, you navigate through, through your phones. And, you know, for me, I still type with my index finger. And, and they will tease me about that. And, you know, just before home assignment um, started, I was asking them, you know, guys, do you think I should bleach my hair like the Japanese football players, you know, in, in the World Cup that we watched end of last year? And they said to me, Dad, don't try too hard. I wonder if the Great Commission has become a thing of the past, outdated and irrelevant today. What about the word missionary? Has that word become outdated? Has the idea of crossing cultures to bring the good news of Jesus become a thing of the past? You know, sometimes when I have conversations with with people, um, especially the expats in, in Malawi, um, who, who don't know Jesus, and, and, I, and I introduce myself as, as a missionary, there, there is an awkward silence or, or awkward look, um, which, which suggests that maybe they, they don't quite get what you do, or they disagree with, with what you do. And that's the culture in which we live today. The idea of crossing cultures to bring Jesus to another culture has become... Um, you know, politically incorrect. And I wonder whether the church today thinks the Great Commission has become a thing of the past. Back in uh, 2017, if we can jump a few slides, um, the, the Barna Group conducted a study on the churches in the U.S. about their ideas on mission. When asked if they had previously... These are the churchgoers. When they've asked previously, when they've heard about the Great Commission, half of these uh, churchgoers 
say that they do not know this term. And of the other half of the churchgoers, only 17% know what the Great Commission actually means. So their findings indicate that the churches in the U.S. are using this phrase less, which may suggest a lack of um, focus on the work of the Great Commission, but it may also indicate that the phrase itself um, may have just become outdated, but not necessarily the idea or the meaning behind it. But what is also interesting is from the perspective of the different generations who undertook this survey. Now, the study found that the millennials and the Gen Zs, those born after 1984 in U.S. church, are less likely to have heard about the Great Commission than the older generations. But what about the church in Australia? Has the Great Commission become a thing of the past? I believe that the great, commission, the great omission in the global church today is the very commission that Lord Jesus gave us, which is to make disciples of all nations. And the greatest barrier to making disciples today is indifference in the church. Over the generations, the church seems, the global church seems to have lost that zeal and concern for the spiritual loss. The Great Commission is still as relevant today as the day Jesus gave this command to his disciples. So let's turn our focus to our text this morning uh, from Matthew 28, uh, a well-known well passage. So uh, let me read it. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let me just provide some, some context before we jump into the verses. So this, this passage comes right at the end of, of Matthew's gospel. You know, Matthew, for some of us who have grown up in the church, we know that Matthew was a, a Jewish uh, tax collector before uh, he became a follower of Jesus. And, and he wrote this gospel primarily for a Jewish audience uh, to persuade them that Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah uh, from, from the Old Testament. And so if you read at the start of Matthew's gospel, he begins with the, the genealogy of Jesus in, in chapter 1, which is really important uh, for, for the Jewish uh, people. Because tracing Jesus uh, back to David and to Abraham was important for the Jews. Because it ties Jesus back to the great promises of God. Remember the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 22, that through his offspring, uh, through his seed, all nations will be blessed. And remember the great promise to King David in 2 Samuel, 17, or 2 Samuel 7, 
that God will establish his kingdom forever through David's offspring. So right throughout the Old Testament, you know, we're looking for this offspring, this seed, who will not only crush the serpent's head, as God promised in Genesis 3.15, but that he would rule the nations uh, forever. So Matthew not only wanted his audience to know that Jesus is the promised Jewish Messiah, but he is the king of all the nations. And to make his point, uh, Matthew records for us uh, that well-known Christmas story that we, we often hear around Christmas time, uh, the, the, the account of the, the wise men, the, the Magi who came uh, to, to worship Jesus. You see, the Magi were Gentiles. Uh, they were not Jews. And so it's interesting that Matthew uh, brings that story in into his, his gospel because the other gospels don't record that story for us. So right from the very start, Matthew is wanting his Jewish audience to know that Jesus is king of all the nations. Even at his birth, the nations as represented in the Magi have come to worship him. And as you read through Matthew's gospel, he wrote carefully about Jesus' life, his ministry, and ultimately about his death and his resurrection to persuade us that Jesus is indeed God's chosen king. And so after his resurrection, uh, Jesus appears to his disciples and he instructs them to meet him in Galilee. And this is where our passage uh, takes place uh, that we read this morning. So if you have your Bible there with you, or if you look up on the screen, uh, look with me at verse 17. What does it say about the reaction of the disciples to Jesus? And it says this, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, did you catch the last part of that verse? You know, we aren't surprised by worship. We would expect the disciples to fall down in worship because they have the resurrected Jesus right in front of them. But doubt... Why would some of the disciples doubt? Now, Matthew doesn't actually say. Perhaps they were thinking, is, is Jesus really alive? Is, is this just a dream? And so Matthew doesn't shy away from recording the, uh, the imperfections of the disciples and their response to Jesus. But we need to keep in mind that these disciples did not and that these disciples did not stay in the doubt because many of them ended up dying for their faith in Jesus. So imagine the doubts that would have been going through their mind uh, when Jesus gave the Great Commission to them to make disciples of all nations. Now, these disciples were ordinary men. They didn't have any university degrees. Uh, they didn't own chariots. Uh, they didn't own uh, ships. Uh, definitely, they didn't have any cars or internet or airplanes back then. They were ordinary men. And they're probably feeling very under-resourced and inadequate to carry out this seemingly impossible task. You know, Joe and I often have felt like that in our 10 years in, in Malawi, feeling very inadequate uh, for, for the work that God has, has called us to do. 
But, but Jesus reminded us uh, time and time again of who he is, that he is in charge of his mission. You know, while we may feel ordinary, Jesus, the one whom we worship, he's extraordinary. And I think that is what Jesus does here with his disciples before he gives them the Great Commission. He reminds them of who he is in verse 18. So look with me in verse 18. What does it say? It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is reminding his disciples that he's the one who has been given total authority over everything. And I think this brings to mind a, a, a passage in, in the Old Testament uh, from Daniel chapter 7. Uh, verses 13 to 14. And Daniel was a, a prophet from the Old Testament. And uh, in one of his vision, uh, he, he sees, um, as we read here in, in verse 13, Daniel says this, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So right in the Old Testament, Daniel has this vision of the Son of Man. And this Son of Man is Jesus. He's been given all authority by God, the Ancient of Days. And that one day all nations will come and worship him. So the disciples are sent out on the authority of Jesus, not their own. They are like his ambassadors, his heralds, who goes out into the world proclaiming his good news, his victory over sin and death, and inviting people to be part of his everlasting kingdom. So having reminded the disciples of who he is, he then gives them the great commission. So look with me. At verses 19 to 20. And Jesus says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus' command here is simple, but challenging and, and difficult to carry out. We know that making disciples involves the proclamation and, and the demonstration of the gospel so that people may come to know Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for them through his death and resurrection. And as we proclaim and demonstrate the gospel, we trust that God will do the transforming work in people's hearts so that they can repent and experience the salvation and the new life that he offers. And, and this work of salvation is, is symbolized in, in baptism, the baptism that Jesus mentions. And so it's symbolic that when you go down into the water, you die to your sin, you die to yourself. And when you come out of the water, you're raised alive in Christ as a new creation. And so the discipleship is, is basically teaching people about how to follow Jesus and to, how to live their new life. Uh, in him and and this takes time and it takes great intentionality and often you won't see fruit 
straight away. In our 10 years in Malawi, our fruit has been slow. It takes time. It takes great intentionality. And, and our Australian society is becoming in, increasingly time poor. We're so busy that you know, we do not have time for, for relationships. And I think that's why making disciples is becoming more difficult for us. And so let me encourage you this year to set aside time to make relationships, to get to know your neighbor, to bless them. Because you cannot make disciples without having relationships with people. Let me just share some examples of how uh, my team in Malawi is, is making disciples of all nations uh, in Malawi. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, we, we do have quite a whole range of different ministries. We've got 13 ministries on the ground and 18 projects um, that we have. And one of our ministries is, is um, the ministry to the Yao people. Um, the Yao are the largest, uh, the third largest tribe uh, in, in Malawi. And they're the pre predominantly Muslim tribe. And they live along the lakeshore of, of Malawi. And there you see... Um, colleagues of mine, Abera and Bizunesh, they're missionaries from, from Ethiopia. And they've been doing church planting uh, among, among the Yao. And what I love about them is their passion and commitment. They live in community with the Yao. They do life with the Yao people. And they love them in, in very uh, practical ways. And over the past eight years that they've been there, um, a small church has grown and they meet um, in that um, grass shelter that you see uh, there on, in, in the last photo. But beside him we have um, Benson. Benson is a Yao believer himself. And he has become an evangelist. And he goes around to the other villages, um, you know, preaching the gospel and loving people. And over the past year, uh, a, a different church, another church, has, has been planted uh, a few kilometers down from, from the main church. So God is, is working uh, among the Yao, and then He's using people from, from everywhere, His people from everywhere, um, to, to make disciples uh, in Malawi. The second ministry that we have in, in Malawi is um, outreach to, uh, to the diaspora Chinese in, in Malawi. And a lot of the Chinese have gone to Malawi to, to set up businesses. And so there's a growing community there. And currently we have a, a Taiwanese-American uh, colleague of mine who is actually working among them, um, reaching them uh, with the gospel. And so that particular ministry um, resonates with me because it reminds me of uh, the story of my grandmother. If we go to, to the next slide there. So there's a picture of my grandmother there. And uh, she's holding Tegan. So she, Tegan was just born, um, you know, how many years ago now? 15, 15 years ago. And, um, and th there's my grandmother holding, holding Tegan. Um, and, it and, and so that ministry just re resonates with, with my, my grandmother's story because she found Christ um, in a foreign land. She, she found Christ in Irinjaya. Uh, which is what you call Western PNG today. Um, but it was through the faithful ministry of an Indonesian pastor 
um, in Iranjaya that she came to know Jesus. Um, she, she had a, a very complicated birth, um, and she prayed to God. Uh, she wasn't a believer at that time, but she prayed to God that, God, if you save me and if you save my, my, my baby, I would follow you the rest of my life. And, and that's how she became a, a Christian, uh, just through hearing about uh, the gospel through this Indonesian pastor that we don't know. Um, but he was faithful in his calling, and we are so thankful uh, for him. The third ministry that our, our team in Malawi is engaged in is mobilizing the church uh, in Malawi to send out missionaries. Often we think of missionaries as coming from, uh, from traditional countries like Australia, America, and UK. But God is, is moving among the churches in the majority world. Um, and then he's raising up missionaries uh, from, from Malawi, and they're being sent out uh, to other parts of Africa as well. So we have two uh, cross-cultural workers from, uh, from Malawi, and they're, they're actually serving in Mozambique uh, to work among the Yao as well. So these are just some of the s- examples of how my team in Malawi is, is making disciples. Uh, and carrying out the Great Commission. And we would love for you to keep praying uh, for these ministries. As I write, as we write uh, in our newsletters about the ministries that were engaged in youth ministry or Tiamike ministry, um, you know, from time to time, I will mention some of these ministries so that you can be, be praying uh, for them as well. But coming back to our passage in, in Matthew 28, just take a look at the last part of Jesus' words uh, to his disciples. Uh, what does it say? He leaves them with this great promise, the great assurance that I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Now, Jesus doesn't leave them with bags of gold. He tells them that his presence is enough. His presence with them is more important than the resources that he gives. And this has been true for Joe and myself. In the past 10 years, uh, we have felt under-resourced and in- inadequate in our work. But in those times, Jesus has comforted us with his words that I am with you. My presence is enough. And that's the same for each one of us here too. As we go about engaging in the Great Commission, that God is with you. As you walk across the street to talk to your neighbor, to love them, to bless them, uh, God will give you the courage. Jesus will give the courage to give you the words uh, to, to share the good news and to love them. So this morning, we've looked at the Great Commission uh, of making disciples of all nations. It, it's not an outdated uh, thing. It's not a thing of the past, but it's still current uh, today as the day Jesus gave it. So Dural Baptist, the center, don't let the Great Commission become the great omission of this church. Making disciples of Jesus will require time and space in our busy schedules. So let me encourage you to set aside time for it. We can be making disciples here in Australia or overseas, and the nations are at our doorstep. We don't necessarily need to cross uh, the barriers. Uh, we don't necessarily have to cross the seas um, 
to, to share the gospel. We can be doing that right here in our multicultural Sydney. But there is an urgent and pressing need to take the gospel into the world. There is about 40% of the world's population who still do not know Jesus. And the global church needs to be sending out more workers. We need to sow the vision of the Great Commission into the hearts and minds of our emerging generations in the church. We need to be engaging with our millennials and Gen Zs to be leading Great Commission initiatives. They have the ideas and we need to engage with them, especially in our ever-changing society and world in which we live. How can we engage in the Great Commission? Just some questions to leave with you uh, as we close. Who is one person that you can be praying for to come to know Jesus? Who is one person that you can be discipling to grow in their relationship with Jesus? And what is one least reached people group that God has laid on your heart to be praying for regularly? And what will you invest to help the nations to come to know and follow Jesus. I'm recruiting uh, for people to join my team in Malawi. I need people with administrative skills, uh, with medical skills, uh, with theological education skills. I need church planters. If God is moving your heart to, to come and join my team, um, whether to visit uh, for a short term or to come for long term, I would love to hear from you. And we have ministries that are in desperate need of funding so that our disciple-making efforts in Malawi can continue. So can I encourage each one of us this morning just to renew our commitment to the Great Commission, the Great Commission of making disciples of all nations. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for the center. Thank you for the way in which we are engaging with our community here in Dural, uh, through the sports center and through our individual efforts in, in loving our neighbor and, and blessing them. So Father, I pray for, for us as a church that we will continue in the work that you've called, called us to do. Father, I pray that you will go before us, help us to trust in you, not in our own understanding. And Father, I pray for your great blessing upon this church that we would be effective for you. Thank you for the way that they have stood with my family and I over the past 10 years. And Father, I pray that Father, you would um, give this church that vision, this vision that Mitch will share with them next, next Sunday, that Father, that they will be compelled as a church, that we will be compelled by this, this vision. And so, Father, I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.